internet, everything's available. Oh, kids, yeah. kids can learn anything. What we yeah. want them to learn about is affairs of the heart, about wisdom, about thinking critically and, and, and analyzing consciously about going within, because you're not going to be able to decide what's real uh, because the, the world is going to be more technology, hologram. Uh, it's changing. We, we can't even say what it's going to be. Yes. Let's keep our intuition strong. Let's, let's keep our, our sovereign thinking. Welcome to A Conscious Way Forward, a podcast about healing, reimagining leadership, and reinventing education. If you're a seeker, change maker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hello, everyone. What a great conversation you're going to hear with Judy and myself. Judy is an educational trendsetter and youth and parent coach, and we talk about moving beyond the industrial model for education this factory model that we all know so well, teaching children to trust themselves and really go within. All right, let's get going. Hope you enjoy this. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be with Judy Julin today. And I'd love, as always, just to give her a moment to introduce herself to us as we get ready for this really, I know it's going to be an awesome conversation. Hi, Judy. Hi, David. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I'm an East Coast girl. I lived there all my life in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the steel city. And I found myself in Southern California in 2003. Oh, wow. And I thought, why, am I, why did I move to California? It's because this to me is the seat of innovation. And I've had ideas on reimagining education, parenting, and even how we conduct business for many, many years. And this is the place. And now this is the time to do it. So I've been in the field of um, entrepreneurship, education, marketing, um, franchise development, um, business for many, many years. And uh, so, of course, the social emotional learning space. And now I've come to California. I've been here since 2003. And um, all this time, even since the mid 80s, when I had a health club for kids featuring fitness, nutrition, manners and self-esteem, people are like, what do you mean nutrition and self-esteem? <laughs> it was the 80s. But now I've been singing this song since then. And it's time. Yes. And I'm so happy to meet you and share some thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I tend to attract the pioneers and the paradigm shifters. And so when you said you've been doing this from the 80s, I was like, yes, she was way ahead of her time. Way ahead of her time. <laughs> So I'm so excited to engage in the conversation. I'd love to start by asking something that you and I both share and both feel really passionately about, which is, you know, what's going on with education and why do we need to really start to reimagine how we, um, you know, how we school our kids and how we kind of the whole, whole process. You know, you think about the pandemic and, you know, schools closed abruptly and um, they were home. 
and um, the, you know the socialization became a little bit challenging. Um, parents now, I think, perhaps gained a whole new appreciation for what teachers do for them. So that was there's so many blessings out of this pandemic, and yet out of crises, great things can arise. And I think that this has allowed us all to take a pause. You know, the industrial age system of education is a term used by those looking for a change in how things are done. Of course, the, 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 the cookie cutter, one size fits all federally mandated approach really doesn't work for us anymore. And especially, Dave, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this, the kids coming in today almost seem to be wired differently. Um, that they, 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 we, 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 let's look to them and let's get their involvement of what's important to them. Let's work with parents and teachers and businesses that are going to be hiring these kids in the future. And let's have a consistent message of learning because I believe we're all learning all together, all the time, all abilities and all ages. It's not just in school. It's not just in the home. And we're not just learning and working in the offices. We're living a complete life all together, all ages. So let's collaborate to educate. Yes, yes. And you know, it's so what you said about COVID is so precise and really important because I think it gave a lot of parents a window into the industrial model education system or the factory model in that it's more rote and kind of rigid and routinized and all of that. And I, whenever I speak of the education system, because I was a teacher for so many years, I always say any teachers that are listening, this is not bash the teacher moment. This is not bash the teacher uh, episode. But I do share that the teachers are at times kind of in the system that encourages the factory model. And so I, as a parent, got to see my second and fourth grade students, what they were doing every day in school. And I really got to see it close up, obviously, because they were home all day with us at work, at home while we were trying to work. And I really did see how the teachers are working really hard and what they're teaching is really great for 1930, like really great for 1930. And so I totally agree with you that it's just time to kind of shake things up. And so you, I love what you said about the kids and really giving them some access and opportunity. And I regularly speak of this high school in Boise, Idaho, where the students are on the board, high school students. Cause I think that's, to me, that's like real change because you're actually saying we value the young people. So tell me what you, what you're kind of thinking about, you know, kids and their, their voices and all that. I would love to speak to that. And you had just dropped a few nuggets back there that I'd like to just <laughs> circle Great. back around and embrace those and showcase those things that you said, and let's expand our thinking about them. You said the, the teachers are in the system. We, we're not, we, we, we will never want to do anything but applaud and embrace and uplift them. Yet they were in the system. And guess what? Guess who else is in the system? Everybody. Yes. The parents are in the system. The kids are in the system. The businesses are in the system. The psychiatrists are in the system. Everybody's in the system. And now, yeah. since this interesting time to rethink and reimagine, we have an opportunity to step out of the system and expand our thinking to say, what's really important? Yes, we want our children to be successful. And let's have them be happy, healthy, sovereign, critical thinking, consciously living individuals that we can 
work together. And the kids, you know, I had a, a wonderful opportunity for a year to be hired as an educationalist and a business consultant at the Hunter School, which was start, started by Tom Hartman. Um, it's in the rural White Mountains of New Hampshire, Rumney, New Hampshire. I was there for a year for their worst winter ever, a California girl. And these, this is a residential school, David, and it's um, for K through eight with children with extreme behavioral challenges. They live there. There's house parents. I lived there. I lived in a haunted house and I went up the mountain every day to be with the kids. And what I found was these brilliant kids, they, they, need, they need tools and their parents need tools because these kids, they, they, they feel so much of what their parents are feeling, not even doing or saying, but they feel what their parents are feeling, what their teachers are feeling. And, what, and when teachers and parents and adults in their midst, their feelings and their actions don't change, don't, don't jive, yeah. the kids, they act out, they're angry, or perhaps they're, 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 this is their only way to say what they're trying to say. So if we can give them tools, self-regulation tools, and we can honor them and see them, you know, like in the movie Avatar, I see you yeah. and value them. And then give, I think almost more importantly, give the teachers and the parents the tools for their own inner work, reflection, development, because once they raise their awareness and consciousness to a level of more, more freedom and more, more joy and, and, and more openness, the kids are going to feel that. And if we give the kids a safe and sacred environment within which to learn and show us another important thing, what they want to learn. There was one boy there who was nonverbal. And all when he started to talk, all he wanted to do was talk about doorknobs. That's it. He just, he loved doorknobs. He wanted to talk about doorknobs. Well, you know what we did? We created a curriculum around doorknobs, math, science. And he was able to give presentations about doorknobs. He learned all the STEM things about doorknobs, creative yes. art, did a play about doorknobs. So you see, if we meet kids where they are, that's why I think gamification is so important. That's another key component of what we're bringing uh, with our wild learning labs to the table is let's meet they're online they're playing games let's meet them there and let's infuse in a fun creative and a way that's really engaging we're using a behavior modification model called octalysis to engage them and not just engage them with with badges and prizes they're engaged organically and naturally because it's what they are interested in. So a big thing for me is interest-led learning, child-centric, have them involved in the process. You know, when we came out with the um, federally mandated Common Core, there were, I don't believe there were any children or even parents at the table of what we were going to be teaching kids. Yeah. And now with the whole, you know, critical race theory and the, and the, 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 the new kinds of education about um, that's in the schools now that a lot of parents are upset about, Let's bring the community, the parents, the teachers, everybody together and the business leaders, because again, these kids are going to be working for them. They might purchase the companies. They might start their own companies. What are companies looking for? And let's resiliency, compassion, collaboration. Yes. Let's teach that in a creative and fun way to the kids. Yeah. So tell us about Wild Learning Lab. Wild Learning Lab. I'm so yeah. excited. We've got a website that's relaunching and I'm telling you, it's so it, it brings such 
such joy to me. Of course, you know, Catherine B. Roy, she, uh, I've worked with her not only as a coach for business with LinkedIn, but she's also done my website. She and her oh, team, great. her husband, and she has a, an incredible idea of what I do because of what we've worked with, with our um, business model canvas. And so yeah. even though it's important to have these lofty ideals about reimagining and redreaming, we have yeah. to have, as you well know, entrepreneur, sound business yeah. principles. So yeah. while Learning Lab is a compilation of I'm going to say since the late 80s, what I've been doing. And you'll see how I launched Cosmic Kids. I developed Deepak Chopra's children's program in 2003. I've worked closely with Agape International and uh, my business partner, Reverend Leon Campbell, with Cosmic Kids, which was a playground of sorts like Cirque du Soleil meets Mr. Rogers meets Deepak Chopra for kids ages five to nine. So you're going to see that on our site. We have we have opportunities for companies and to work with companies and their HR departments to support their at-home working parent employees with their hybrid learning kids, all kinds of resources. We also have resources for parents, parent collaboration, how they can have their home in-school play groups that they can make money for. We give them the curriculum, we train them. We also have programs for three through 17-year-olds, whether it's online or in person, that's on WOW. And also we have homeschooling resources. So it's chock full of everything. It shows a lot of our past work with Mind Valley and the Chopra Center and um, of course Neil Donald Walsh and Dr. Amoto, who are really four forerunners in the world of um, personal development and how powerful your thoughts are. So we've taken all that stuff and brought it into a business model that we can integrate it in a world and to people who are hungry for change. They know in their hearts how important we teach intuition training and how to really fine tune your critical thinking skills, which I think are very important today. So whilelearninglab.com, it's coming out in a week or two. I'll put something on social media. And I've told you, David, we need to do stuff together because what you're doing, what you stand for, your heart, because it's all about the heart and it's all about the kids. Let's do it together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And what I love about what you said, so many, like you were saying all the nuggets when I said, (laughs) no, the nuggets that I loved is you think about the parents and the adults that are working with the kids. We, a lot of times we think that it's like do something about the kids or work with the kids. And so at my school that I started uh, five years ago, growth public schools, we have a program that's like a circle. It's like a sacred circle program that was designed by this really awesome uh, social worker, but he spent a lot of time with the Lakota people and really understanding like the importance of the circle and the sacred nature of it all. And basically the teachers do the circle as much as the students do the circle. (laughs) People come to the school and they ask like, why is your school got this like vibrant, you know, deeply connected kind of culture and energy. And I'm like, it's because we spend a lot of time together as adults working on our stuff. You know, so really knowing that it's not, the kids are already coming in as these beautiful light beings and it's the energy and the backpacks from the adults that we're putting on them. Like, oh, let's give you this backpack. Let's give you this fear. Let's give you this. <laughs> so I love that you, that Wild Learning Lab is really bringing all these things to life. Um, and then the other piece that I think is really important is as we're reimagining the system and kind of shifting the paradigm, it's almost like asking the question, like, why do we have school? or what is the purpose of even what we're doing? And so if you think about it, it's like the, the system was built to prepare a select few to go to college and then to have a lot of people go into the trades and into the factories, right? And we, and we still have the same system basically. So if we ask ourselves today, like 
from now and 20 years in the future, you know, what would be the purpose of SCORE? Why are we doing SCORE? What, what's even the reason for it? Like, what would you say? Love it. This brings me to my whole concept of silos and collaborate to educate. So, you know, in, in yesteryear, parents would work from nine to five, you know, they get their gold watch at the end, they stay with the yeah. same company. Kids go to school from, I don't know, eight to three, and they don't do that anymore, but that's that. You know, teachers are in school this way, and then they go home to their life. And then you've got companies where parents work. And, you know, these are all separate silos that have kind of really not had an opportunity to uh, collaborate and integrate for a consistent messaging and a um, united united effort to raise our consciousness as a humanity for a world that works for everyone. So um, I think that moving in, moving in the future, we're going to want to explore um, wh what if we take the, take the, the um, well, not the barriers, but take the, the well, let's just go barriers, the barriers off of work, what time, when you're working, when you're learning, when you're parenting, and when you're uh, educating, yeah. and just mix it all together. There's no nine yes. to five. It's 24 yes. seven, even when you're dreaming. And it's, so it's, we, we, do we really need, and you know, by the way, there's lots and lots of underutilized retail space now because of COVID. And if we can begin to repurpose for new concepts in our communities and bring it more localized so that parents can be involved in the school board, the school board can be involved with the home life yes. that we can, we can now speak about all different, you know, speak the same language. And then companies, they want to support their at-home working parent employees. They want more yes. productivity. And how can we do that? A happier, more harmonious home life, which means communication is the same. And if everybody's speaking the same language, which doesn't mean you don't have freedom of speech, we want to have total freedom of speech. And how do you do that? Give someone a safe environment to be who they truly are and speak their truth. So that's kind of, I hope that answered your question. Oh, that beyond answering my question, you actually helped me remember a vision that I had. And I don't mean like a vision from the mind. I mean like a vision from intuitive vision about five years ago. I was kind of like the school I started as a business park. And what happened was in the eighties and nineties, this business park was like the place to work. And then they, built um, two new suburbs, Folsom, and other suburbs in Sacramento area that, and then they, they opened an Intel out in Folsom. And all of a sudden, the suburb that we're in became the kind of like secondary suburb. And so it, it just started kind of losing its, um, you know, like momentum and dollars and investment from the city council and all that. So they have a lot of these old office buildings and we're in a park on Tech Center Drive at a business park. And the business park is actually pretty empty. And the board had asked me to put together like a, I think they said a five-year vision, but I was like, I, I, it's going to be long. Like, so I had put together a 25-year vision. And in that vision, when I asked intuitive, you know, intuitive guidance, like share with me what could be happening in 25 years. What I saw was the business park, basically no silos. So you literally had co-working spaces where parents were working and the kids were in the same building going to school. And then you had a community center across the street and a yoga studio and whatever it might've been. And it was in this whole little business park and then it was a pod. So those were the pods and that's where the communities were. And it wasn't this kind of like segregated, separated, um, like you said, siloed environment. Because if you think about the nine to five, like thanks to the labor movement, we needed that, right? We needed to have some boundaries and barriers around um, 
you know, the exploitation of labor and children and women. And so, and all this, I used to teach history. So I used to teach about this and it's like to high school students. And it's like, yeah, we, we needed the nine to five, right? Like people were getting screwed left and right. Kids were losing their fingers. Like this is no joke, but it's like, we still have that literally that belief system and that concept from like a hundred over a hundred years ago. And we're still working under the same paradigm. And so I love what you're saying about what COVID showed us is that there's these porous kind of openings where you can have your kids in your house and the kids can be in school. And I really love what you said. And I also believe that the change of education is going to be really like a decentralized kind of community led movement. If you think about like the little pods that opened up during COVID where parents were kind of like hiring a teacher and then getting their friends together and and that to me, that's like a microcosm of the larger movement of getting um, families more invested, reinvested because they, you know, they, they used to be. And then you have this system where now the parents aren't allowed to come in and then the parents are separate from the teachers and the teachers are separate. From, everybody's separate. So I love, 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 love. And you're absolutely right. COVID showed us that this is not the future. This is right now. Correct? Yes. And David, think about this. I'm going to make your vision and your thought even, you're going to love it even more. Right. What if we bring in the daycare and elders that they can be together yes. and we can learn from the elders? And what if in these office parks we had raised beds so they could they can the kids can grow fruit trees and learn yes. about all the, the things that we could their 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 relationship with nature? And yes. it's it's absolutely possible. And I love your idea. You know, if you think about I really love blockchain. And if you think about the whole concept of blockchain, the transparency, the um, it, it, it brings out a level playing field. And if we can bring education to a decentralized playing field, community-based, transparent, um, yes. and I think that, that the world of technology as it's, as it's expanding and growing really mirrors we as a human, human organism and also our communities, whether it's yeah. educating, parenting. So we can look to not only nature, but we can look to technology in what's coming. And I like to call that a high-tech, high-touch education model. And you know what? Pretty soon, we're not even going to use the words education and learning. We're just going to say, yeah. this is living. Life is in session. Exactly. So, so there's, no there's no education. It's like every word that comes out of your mouth, every thought, the every feeling that you have, this, we're learning, growing together, all together. I want to say one thing here. This is a little bit of a off topic, but is so on topic. It's a little right. bit of a, a revolutionary idea, and we'll we'll see what happens. What if children were here to help the adults in their midst become? educated about what's really real. This hit me when I was, when I was at the Hunter school, all of a sudden, yes. like something shifted. I was in class and I thought, Oh my God, who are the teachers and who are the students? <laughs> because, because sometimes God bless. And, and, and now as you, as a parent, sometimes parents and adults are triggered mm -hmm. by things that the kids do. And I thought, wow, they're being triggered and challenged. What if they went into that trigger moment and went into that challenge and realized there was something from their childhood that they hadn't looked at or healed or considered. And this young master in their midst got them to look at that. And what if they're the real teachers and we're here? It's just crazy. It's a topsy-turvy thought, but I just wanted to bring it up for you. Oh, it's not crazy to me. 
it's truth to me. Truth with a capital T, as Michael Beck would like to say. <laughs> no, it is true. And the truth is that the whole entire belief system is that the parents and the adults are at the top and the kids are at the bottom. But what if we just actually threw that out? And I talked about our circle and it's like, everything's a circle, right? And, you know, I, there's a book I love called Reinventing Organizations. And it's really about um, kind of seeing organizations as organisms. And, um, you know, they make like some really funny points. Like, would you, does the forest have a strategic plan and goals and metrics? And, you know, all that's like, no, it's a living, breathing organism. And the animals within the forest kind of know how to operate. And, and but I bring it up because, it, it, uh, one of the things they talk about is there is a need for hierarchy because you know a lot of people will say oh we don't you know when they're talking about um, reimagining they'll say well we don't need the hierarchies anymore and this and that and it, but what they talk about is that just like the forest or just like nature there are natural hierarchies like the lions dominate certain animals and so similarly in an organization and what you're talking about with kids is that there are natural hierarchies like the elders obviously have lived life. And I love that you added that. You did the, what I love is the yes and. Like, let's make it even better. But yeah, it's, and you add the nature and you add the elders, but it's like the elders have a lot to share. Now, we can't just assume because you're 80 years old that you're wise, right? <laughs> we have to be clear about that. That typically they've gone through life and, you know, they have a lot to share. And, but, to, but what you're talking about is reimagining the paradigm of how we actually think about children. And instead of the system we're currently in is the... Um, you know, you're pouring the, the empty vessel is what they call it, which is, I believe, like the Horace Mann theory was children are empty vessels. They're at the bottom of the totem pole. Our job is to command them, control them, and then to pour information into their empty vessels, right? And anyone here who is a parent who has interacted with children, who's a grandparent, who's an, an aunt, aunt, uncle, I don't care if you're a parent or whatever, but you know that children are not empty vessels. <laughs> so the fact that we've been using that paradigm for 100 and 30 or 40, 50 years is that is crazy. That is crazy. What you're saying is true. Wow. Well, I think when something feels right to you, because you obviously are an intuition led um, business owner, educator, father, um, husband, um, that we know what's true. We, and now now that we are um, able to take a pause with COVID and really think about what's really, what's really important. And I, I love the fact that you talk about the elders. Yes, we do a lot of work with Wild Learning Lab with Indigenous wisdom, love the circle, talking stick, a lot of the things that we can learn from. And I know, have, have you ever met a three or four-year-old or maybe a five-year-old that is wise they, they might be innocent and they might be um, perhaps not learned in, in the ways of the world, but there's a wisdom there. Yes. So there's that wisdom that we want to really honor and listen to. And I think that um, that's going to be something that it's going to be no longer age-based yeah. or knowledge-based, but we're, we're talking about wisdom-based and yeah. we're talking about the, the, the frequency of the heart, you know, everything, you know, epigenetics and um, quantum physics, everything is energy. And so let's, let's now look to education, if we want to still call it that we'll have to come up with a new word, David, yeah. um, based on someone's level of wisdom, and someone's level of heart, heart frequency, if you think about those things, 
And, but by the way, these probably aren't stagnant things that, oh, they're, they, he's an eight, eight, you know, eight wisdom and he's a five frequency. I mean, it's, it's like a fluid, it's like a fluid, ever changing world. So we can't really, we can't really put something set. And I know we like set. I like set. Let me give me a routine. I love my routines. Yeah. We, we've got to be ever fluid. We've got to be ever um, nimble in this yeah. next phase. That's why I know that you and I will work together in some fashion because I, I have a sense and I, and I feel driven. I mean, this is, this is my raison d'etre. This is yeah. what I'm meant to do. And by the way, if we, let's still talk about education until we come up with that new word, my desire and my mission personally, and of course with WOW Learning Lab, which is an educational nonprofit, I have three other lovely team members in the WOW Collective. Um, what if one of the, one of the missions was to pair youth as early as possible with their mission in life? Because I believe everybody has a mission. Every, maybe it's changes, maybe it's different, but you'll find that out through your intuition and your level of wisdom. But if we, that's, the, that's where interest-led education comes in, David, that if we can offer children a menu a suite of what, here's, here, you know, do you want to be a YouTube influencer? Do you want to be a, a, an alternative healer? Do you want to be a, a, a gemologist? Do you want to be a, a technician, a, you know, coding? What do you want to do? And give them opportunities and then let them, just like the yes. doorknob, let's, let's let them do it and give them a safe and sacred environment. And if, because, you know, we know ourselves, I mean, sometimes our parents, well-meaning so, wanted a doctor in the family or wanted a lawyer in the family and we love our parents. So we did that. What if we let the children lead it from a very young age by giving them opportunities to choose what interests them in their heart and from their level of wisdom? Yes, no, that is beautiful. And when I designed my school, I couldn't quite pull it off because of the fact that I had to go through the bureaucratic state of California and then the funding in the school district to authorize a charter school. But I really love this school in San Francisco called Brightworks. And it was basically started as an after-school program. And it was started by a gentleman who's not an educator. He just liked to build stuff. And, and then when I visited, you know, seven years later, they, he had the waiting list out the door for a summer program. This used turns into a school. And when I visited there, he talked about some really simple, and when I later learned, it's really like the Reggio Emilia uh, principles of just like letting the child follow their interests and then building the curriculum around that instead of the other way around. And I love, 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 I love that place. And it's just like a big tree house. It's a big warehouse in the Mission District of San Francisco. They, they literally sit in tree houses and learn. It's the best thing ever. Everyone's building something that's all their, their own interests. And I would like to put a yes and to your point around the mission because I think that we do get a little stuck in the like, what do you want to do? And for me, I have always been a teacher. And so whatever role I was, like what I was doing and you know, in the world, like, oh, well, I'm a banker. I would, because I've been a banker, I've been an actual teacher, a principal, a salesperson. I've done all these jobs, all these roles, but every single time a basketball coach, every single time I was the teacher. And so it's almost like exposing them to what is their their purpose and their mission in life. And then because the world is changing so drastically, no one's gonna have the same job for more than five or 10 years. When, you know, when my son's 10, my daughter's seven, when they're in their thirties, they might have a job for a year or a month or, you know, like a few years, and then everything's gonna change again. So it's really just helping them find their own truth and figure out what is it that I 
what's my purpose? What's my, what am I meant to do and be? Really, but what am I meant to be, right? Because then you can get stuck in me. What am I supposed to be? We ask the question, like, what do you want to be when you want to grow up? And one of the, she might be listening this summer, that she worked at the school with me and she listened to the podcast. She's like, I really don't like it when adults ask kids, what do you want to do or what do you want to be when you grow up? Because she's like, it's so limiting. And we don't even know what the jobs will be in 30 years. And I know you weren't saying that, but I just wanted to add that to the, um, to the I love that vision. Awesome. You know, what if we did a little uh, creative visualization, you and I right now? Mm-hmm. And what if um, we're in a world now and everybody has money. Everybody is living abundantly, whatever that means to them. So there's no, um, there's no more homeless. There's the people, you know, with mental, mental challenges are helped. And let's just, let's just say that that's the kind of world that we're in. So we don't have to make money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Children are cared for. We have healthy foods. The environment's beautiful. Wonderful relations with our international neighbors and friends. What would this thing called, let's move out of the silos right now. So if you're thinking about family, parenting, education, businesses, what does this whole conglomeration look like right then? And I would love your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, so one thing I was going to share earlier is I, you know, when you're trying to play around with your tagline on LinkedIn and stuff, and every time I put education, my mind says yes. And my heart says no, because of what you're saying, which is that the moment you say education, you're already putting yourself into a box. Like, because what is education? It's putting learning into a box. Oh, learning happens from eight to three. And learning is about, you know, common core standards and learning is about math and two plus two. And so I'm inspired now to, to, to just, I'm going to stay with learning. I'm going to say learning, like my tagline, education innovator, but I'm just going to say learning innovator. I do. I love both, but yes. Yeah, they're both, right? And I'll probably play around with both, right? But in this moment, I'm going to use learning. Yes. And that's the great thing. You can do whatever the heck you want. But the thing is, I think for the time that you are right now, you're LinkedIn and what your tagline was, that's where people are. Most of the people, there's going to come a time in the not too distant future where we're going to take a quantum leap. Yeah. And sure. because, because people, how do you wrap your, what do you say mean a learning innovator? What, why does need you say education? Cause it's like, well, what is, because is there, I think the predominance of people are still there and that's okay. True. Sure. Sure. So you sure. and I are, are uh, bridge builders and perhaps yes. way showers in a kind and fun and uh, uh, way that we can say, we're already there, but we're kind of where the people are right now and where they are yeah. is still education and still yeah, learning. But, but we, we know the vision and we feel the vision in our hearts and yeah. the kids, you know, sometimes uh, I, I have a way of being with children. I, I've never had children myself. I, I had an opportunity to with my former husband, but um, I've always been busy and social and I've never missed not having children. And I think not bearing children has given me a unique capacity to be there for all children. And in some interesting way, especially the special needs kids, I communicate with them and I, I feel them. And all I can say is one time I was in the farmer's market in, um, in Hollywood and there was a child in front of me. This was not too long ago. And she was with her mom. She was probably four and her mom was walking ahead of her and the child was kind of holding back and she kept looking at me and looking at me. And what happened next is a very unusual experience 
But I had to say it to my friend who I was with. I said, that little girl's talking to me. And she's, she's smiling and going like this right at my heart and soul. And it wasn't until hours later that it struck me in like a thought package. She was saying, thank you for what you're doing. We're going to be ready for you. And, and I'm just getting chills yeah. now again. It's like, whoa. Yeah. So you see, it's almost like, I don't know if you saw my LinkedIn post about trees. Listen, there's, there's a communication about trees. And by the way, as you said, there's kind of a hierarchy. The mother tree kind of looks and cares for the other ones, but there's, there's a communication. And so I think we're moving into a new way of communicating with our hearts and our level of wisdom. And I really believe that that child spoke to me and she knew, even though, cause there's kind of like no time in that space. Yeah. Even though it was years ago, it's they're they're thanking us because they've been waiting for this. Yes, that is chills, yeah, up and down. Absolutely. And I had it's funny because I just had an experience like that the other day with a two-year-old. Not as profound. I was not able to really feel like that he was thanking me, but it was like we were totally having a conversation without any words. And the mom kept looking back at me at the coffee shop, like, what is going on? And I know oh, they do. <laughs> the kids know though. I'm <laughs> just talking to your kid. She's like, no, you're not. I'm like, well, <laughs> but okay. But to your question, I think it's a really beautiful question. Is like, if there was, if the money wasn't a constraint and, you know, people were living harmoniously, it, then really education would be about learning. And, and I always actually say the word would be life, like oh. life. It would just be life. You'd be living life and life every day, every second is a learning lesson. Right? I just got so, chills, 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 David. What you just said there is yeah. so profound. Yeah, it, it's it's what our you know people, the native communities and others knew. Like you put people in nature and you have the elders teach the younger kids and the teenagers teach the younger kids. And a lot of the schools that I've looked at that I love is where the middle schoolers teach the elementary and the high school teach the middle schoolers and and you, but basically you're just, it's just life. You're just basically going through life and life is the biggest lesson. So you don't have to put them in a box of a school building. You don't have to have a box of the curriculum. You don't have to have a box of the teacher training. You're literally just saying, let's learn life. And then going back to my questions, like what's the purpose of school? Currently the purpose of school, as we all subscribe to it, is to create um, really good consumers to play the game of capitalism if we're talking about the American school system and a lot of the West, right? Like, let's get a really good consumers ready for the capitalist system where they spend a lot of money and they don't think for themselves and they don't trust themselves and they don't trust their intuition. <laughs> like, that's basically what we're saying. And then it's like, let's get them ready to be robots so that they can go through their job that maybe doesn't really actually light up their heart, but it just kind of gets them through the day and then they do something on the side that they enjoy, you know, whatever. And so that's the current purpose of school. But what, what I hear you saying, what I agree with is that there's a massive shift coming and what I felt before COVID was oh my gosh there's a massive shift coming and now that we've gone through the last year plus of hey that that was that was the first little data point or whatever you want to call it the little wink from the universe saying like hey you, you, we just don't think you should do it this way anymore it's, it's not working so if you think that is the little wink I posit that what's coming next is a full throttle quantum shift. It's no more winky wink. It is <laughs> upon us. And the good news is we're getting closer and closer, I think, to your tagline of what it really is. It's about life that you're doing. 
It's yeah. about light because we are a little bit for whatever reason, maybe on the spiral. I don't know what it is or what I don't question it anymore, but I know I am endowed with certain knowings and, and, and certain levels of extreme gratitude that, that this is what's coming. And you have, have, you've, you've been so many different things in life and you've needed all those skills to equip you with what you're going to be doing next. So really it becomes, if, if money's not an issue and there's peace in the world and our environment and our planet, we realize it's a living responsive universe that we're all a part of, what do we do? We're kind, we play, we have fun, we help. We, so that's, that's what it becomes about. And um, I, I had a vision many years ago about um, there's just, you know, a big grassy knoll and a big, maybe a learning institution, or I don't know what it was, but people were just walking about playing, learning. If they wanted to learn something, they could go and learn a certain book, anything that, you know, because with the internet, everything's available. Oh, kids, yeah. kids can learn anything. What we yeah. want them to learn about is affairs of the heart about wisdom, about thinking critically and, and, and analyzing consciously about, and, and then going within, because you're not gonna be able to decide what's real uh, because the, the world is going to be more technology, hologram, uh, it's changing. We, we can't even say what it's gonna be. Yes. Let's, let's keep our, your intuition is obviously very strong and I do my best, let's keep our intuition strong. Let's, let's keep our, our sovereign thinking and um, our just love, you know, you, 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 your podcast is all about consciousness and love. And I, I see that you, the people that you interview are so wonderful. So thank you for all that you're doing because it's, it's what's necessary right now. You are the bridge and it, what a yeah. great bridge you are. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm looking at a great mirror. <laughs> you're also the bridge and I really appreciate you articulating kind of back to me that, you know, with this, this journey that we're on. So, okay. So we, I think we've done a really great job of speaking to the paradigm shift and how we want to reimagine, you know, this old paradigm into a new paradigm and how we actually don't have a lot of choice in the matter. Cause it's just going to, like you said, a quantum leap is coming. Oh, yeah. and so we've, we've shared that we've shared how we're looking at children backwards and upside down and like the whole kind of things you said, topsy turvy about your idea, but I feel like we're already in the topsy turvy. So, <laughs> um, but just for like, um, maybe to close out, because some people are going to want some more like come down to this moment. And I think maybe through what you're doing with Learning Lab or just, um, or no, sorry, while, while Learning Lab, what are some just kind of like tangible, if we're talking about the bridge, what are some tangible things that either, you know, you're a mom who, I have a lot of conscious parents that listen in. So you're a mom that wants to homeschool your uh, teacher that wants to get out of, you know, the public school, whatever it may be, like, what are some of the things that, you know, for people that want just a real pragmatic kind of what this can look like in the, in the short term? A lot of my friends are, are conscious parenting coaches and authors, and I'm going to say something and I love them all. Yeah. I encourage you to read those books and I encourage you to have coaching. And when it comes right down to where the rubber meets the road in your home with your child in a certain instant, throw that out. What does it feel like for you as the mother or father or older sibling or grandparent in that moment, connect with your heart? What is the right thing to do in that moment? Because it could be one thing one day and one thing the next day, you say, wait, that wasn't in the book. And what am I supposed to do? Well, let me get those tips down. I love them all. And they're great. And I'm also positing in this next evolution, this next iteration of what David Richards calls living, 
<laughs> is let's live, and we know this moment by moment, and trust, I might be feeling something one, they're going to think I'm crazy if I do that. My, 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 my siblings, my parents are going to, my friends are going to think I'm nuts and they might even admonish me. Hold fast because the kids are going to be learning a great lesson. We hold fast to what we believe in in our hearts. That's the best learning that your children, because they're modeling from you. That's the best learning. Forget about the school books. How you as the parent, the parent is the first and the most enduring teacher of all. So be mindful. Be mindful and be forgiving of yourself. Do lots of self-care because the children will learn about self-care because that's the most important thing as we know. So that's that's what I wanted to say. I hope that was a practical thing for you. Oh, super practical. And, you know, I someone asked me on a, on a podcast the other day, what would be like the number one piece of advice you would give to somebody? And I was like, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yourself. So the standards that we have for every single child should be trust yourself. <laughs> That's the one standard. That's it. Every teacher should be helping children understand how to trust themselves. That's the new common core, David. That's, That's the new, the common, new common core. core. That's the you new common core for living. You just said it there. There's your tagline. It's trust common yourself. Core for living. There you go. Yeah. So I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, I think why that's so wise and so important and yes, very pragmatic. I know you're very pragmatic is because as you think about this for a lot of parents, so I've also had a lot of intuition around like parents are going to start to take more ownership and more kind of like control over their children's uh, schooling or the time of the day, you know, and I think what they're doing during the day. And I think that it is um, really important that the parents start to trust themselves because nobody knows your child other than the child themselves. Nobody knows your child better than you. And so what we've actually said is normal. What again, the upside down is that we have said it's normal to outsource your child. And I am speaking from experience. So before COVID hit, my children were in school and daycare from eight to five or six every day. And then we would have dinner and then we fight through the bedtime routine and then we rinse and repeat. And then on the weekends, we'd be so tired that we try and be present, but we'd be so tired because we're just working all the time. So that doesn't happen anymore for our family. <laughs> so it's really important for parents to trust themselves. So if you feel like your child's in a school that doesn't seem right, or if you feel like your te the teacher's not speaking to your child in the right way, or if you're a teacher who feels like, I know the system's not quite where I want to be, trust yourself. And when you can trust yourself, going back to your um, question of like, what does it look like? If every single human being trusted themselves, then the vision that you talked about would be there, right? We wouldn't have all these problems that we have because people would trust their, themselves. And I mean like, intuitive the highest version your soul trusting that so that is like the most pragmatic advice you could ever give ever <laughs> and i do believe it will be a movement of like you said the collective the community the local it's not going to be this top-down thing that's that was needed in the past and we don't need that anymore right and i love the way that you said that so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. it brought us to where we are today and yeah. hey you know we're, we're learning and growing yet let's let's honor where we are let's honor our teachers even honor the common core industrial age federally mandated system of learning let's honor that too and now look where we are and here's what we're going to do and let's do it together yes i love it i love it and it's a great a great place to end thank you so much thank you david what a great conversation. Thanks to Judy. This conversation reminded me of my own core educational values, and I am totally ready to keep pushing my vision for a new education paradigm forward. 
in community with supporters just like you. Also, if you like A Conscious Way Forward and want to dive deep with a community of fellow seekers, the next round of the Inner Sangha program launches this fall. I'm actually recording this while sitting in Denver with Stacy, so it's super exciting. Feel free to contact me at david at davidkrichards.com or check out the website www.davidkrichards.com and look for the Inner Sangha program to learn more. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you.